Hey, welcome to another episode of the Original Slacker Podcast presented by Round Guys Brewing Company. This week I chat with band members Brendan Johnson and Katie Burke from Stella Ruse, and we talk about where the place is for live music in this day and age and where are some of the conflicts in there. A really great chat. These guys are really fun. Local band. Uh, if you don't know anything about Round Guys Brewing Company, Round Guys Brewing Company is a, a brewing company based in the suburbs of Philadelphia and Lansdale, Pennsylvania, which is almost dead between Philadelphia and Allentown. Uh, we have 16 freshly brewed beers on draft at all times, full service pub right across the street from the underground. The underground is our event space where we get shows. We get comedy shows, drag shows, plenty of music. We have board game nights over here we have yoga we have pretty much everything and it's it's a great time if you want to find out more about us go to roundguysbrewery.com check us out on facebook facebook.com slash roundguys facebook.com slash rgbc underground and hey follow this very podcast i really appreciate it really appreciate any feedback you guys give uh any ratings and whatnot just just let me know uh let me know what we could be doing better how we could do things this, again, is The Original Slacker. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Original Slacker. Uh, and on iTunes, Google Play, and all the regulars. I think we might even be on Spotify at this point. So, without further ado, why don't you check out this podcast. Really appreciate you guys listening, and have a good one. Matt Bright, Matt Bright. Hello. Hey, hey, 20 minutes later, we figured it out. All right. <laughs> Yes. No worries. All right. Hey, Brendan, Katie, it's great seeing you guys. Or I guess talking to you guys. I can't see you. But how's your night coming? Pretty good. Really, really good, man. Thank you for having us on. I don't think you have to worry about traffic at this point. Probably got you through most of it. We did. Awesome. Great. Without further ado, let me introduce Stella Ruse. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us on. This is a. Brendan Johnson and Katie Burke, two of the That's founding right. members. Yep. Um, Katie, you're still a Maniunk. I'm in South Philly now. Um, but, uh, yeah, the band was founded in Maniunk and, you know, definitely have our roots roots in Maniunk for sure. Yeah. So you guys started off, or Brendan, I guess, Brendan and Katie, you guys met at a dive bar. How did this all work? Why don't you tell me a little <laughs> bit about that story? We did. So, um, so Brendan was actually playing at uh, McGillicuddy's there, right, right off of. Uh, oh, good old McGillicuddy's. <laughs> yep, good old, good old McGillicuddy's. Um, and uh, we had a mutual friend who, um, who just thought we would sound nice singing together. And so I showed up to his gig and kind of introduced myself and ended up jumping up that night and singing a couple songs with them, just kind of on the spot. And right away we were like, okay, that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it was really like instant chemistry between us, and I was. Uh, sort of trying a, a whole new solo acoustic project myself and and just really heard a female vocal in a lot of the songs I was writing at the time and, and even now. And, um, you know, that's that's where Katie fit in. And, you know, within just a couple of minutes, you know, she was up there, uh, she was up there singing with me. And, uh, you know, I think we both kind of felt, felt something special sort of right from the start. Right. How long were you guys at this before you guys bumped into each other? Because, Brendan, you were pretty much a, a vet of, I guess, the open mic scene? Uh, yeah, I guess you could say that. Um, you know, I, I, so I've, been writing, I've been writing, you know, music since I was probably, you know, 7th, 8th grade. Um, just grew up in a family of songwriters, my dad and my uncle. You know, always grew up, um, you know, them playing, playing shows around the area um, in Philly. And 
central Pennsylvania where I'm originally from. And, um, you know, my dad was always writing original tunes and, uh, first chance I got at, you know, guitar and a piano and, you know, I started writing myself. Um, so coming to, uh, coming to the Philly area, you know, for college, I went to Temple University, go Owls. Um, started with a couple of, of bands here. Um, one that when, one that gained somewhat notoriety, uh, more of an improv jazz funk group called the Juice. Um, <clears throat> continued some songwriting there, and um, you know after sort of that uh, <clears throat> after sort of that uh, band departed, you know went more back into corporate life. Uh, started paying some bills naturally and. Uh, and then once I lost my job, you know, I was kind of once again up against the wall, like, well, what am I going to do now? I guess I'll fall back on music again. You know, I never really put an instrument down, um, just stopped doing it, you know, full time. Yeah, you're and, still uh, probably playing bars and whatnot at this time, right? It's still something on the side. Yeah, you know, to be honest with you, after the juice ended, I really, I really didn't play out. And it was a good two years time frame where I really didn't play. I mean, I played by myself, but I didn't play out. I didn't play for, you know, for anyone. Um, and then, you know, I lost my job and, and kind of and kind of just try to sort of find myself, you know, in a kind of a, a way. Um, and started, you know, meeting up with friends at a, at a couple local dive bars, McGillicuddy's being one of them. And, you know, it got word around to the owner of McGillicuddy's that I was a guitar player. And he was like, well, I've been looking for a, you know, a guy to come play on, on Friday nights. You want to come play for a couple hours? And I was like, oh, hell yeah, I need the cash. <laughs> so he, he hired me. And, you know, before I knew it, I was playing like every other week. And I think it was like my second week there that um, I met a mutual friend um, who, who uh, you know, was playing music with Katie and I said, hey, you know, a you know, female vocalist. He was like, yeah, actually, I do. Uh, her name's Katie Burke. And, you know, I'll give you her contact number. And she was there like the following week. And before you know it, you know, we're, we're singing together. Not even like not even a rehearsal or, uh, you know, a minute to chat. It was just like, hey, I'm Brendan. Hey, I'm Katie. Hey, let's play. And uh, we kind of we kind of had instant uh, instant chemistry. So it just clicked just like that. You guys met and you guys were able to play right away. Yeah, yeah I, I really did. Um, Brendan and I both share in common that we, we grew up in, in big families. And um, my family was similar, too, in that we were all very musical. Like, we grew up, you know, just, like, singing in church. And uh, my dad is huge Beatles fan, so we grew up just singing Beatles all over the house. And so my big thing was always just um, I loved singing with other people because I just loved harmonizing with people. So it was it, it was very easy to just jump up with Brendan and just start stacking on harmonies onto what he was already doing, which was awesome, what he was doing. And it was just um, it was just really fun. And that was just kind of a, a cool feeling to just be doing something like that on, you know, a, an evening. And it was just so much fun. And then you're like, this is this is cool. We should keep doing this. So McGillicuddy's is where it all started happening. Is there any other place, Brendan, that you were frequenting in uh, Maniac? No, at that time there really uh, wasn't. It was yeah. it was just McGillicuddy's, and uh, you know through McGillicuddy's, um, Katie, and then you know maybe a month later, uh, a friend of mine was like, "Hey, you know I, I work with this with pretty talented uh, piano players. His name's Mason, and uh, you know I think I think you you should you know invite him to come play with you." And you know before we knew it. You know, Mason was there playing with us, and Mason was, you know, grew up in bands with Alex Steyer, our trumpet player, and 
that was really the four founding members that kind of think got started, you know, kind of got, got things started. <laughs> right. I mean, this band has, it feels like everyone's bringing a different background in a very noticeable way. Other times, other bands you see out there, you see a gel that kind of is, uh, you know, birds of a feather type idea mm-hmm. where everyone's, you know, they're kind of already into a certain sound. But I feel like when I listen to your music, everyone's coming at it from a different angle. And maybe it's just because the instrument variation, you have trumpets, you have keys, you have mandolin, you have, um, you know, your per- percussions aren't, they don't feel like standard percussions. Uh, how, how does that work? How do you guys define your sound? How, do, how does that come about? You know, Brendan and I um, were, were actually talking about this before to, to each other, just about how everyone in the band has a very, you know, we all have been into music our whole life and different, in different ways and in, in, in different forms. But we all have very different tastes in music, too. You know, we, we can all appreciate good music, but as far as what we might listen to personally and stuff, I feel like we have a pretty um, a, a diverse background. So it's kind of great because we can all we all bring a little bit of that to the table. So you've got your folk elements, and then, you know, you've got these kind of jazzy horns that pop in and out, and, like, and there's a lot of soul and just a lot of funk at the same time. So it's, 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 really, it's really cool. Yeah, I would say that that soul and funk really comes through. How does making a song work? So, so Brendan, Brendan is the is this is the songwriter, um, and it's it's great because Brendan is someone who is very much encouraging of other people to you know try new things out. So, like when we started when we started playing together, um, I was actually just playing guitar, but you know when there's a small group of people playing, I didn't I didn't feel like we needed to have two acoustic guitars jamming out. So Brendan was kind of he knew that I grew up playing. Um, violin and that I could play mandolin like I could dabble on mandolin and so he kind of encouraged me to you know why don't you bring that out why don't we try this out and see how how this goes so it was it was very challenging but in a a great way to kind of like you know change what I was comfortable with but uh, like for for the better of the band and for a different sound and it it really worked and you guys picked up Alex and how did Alex Alex came in with Mason so you have two (laughs) musicians already playing together and you and Brendan have been playing for a while. Brendan, when you're trying to steer a song together, I guess is everyone chiming in? Is everyone uh, picking up their part and adding a little piece to it? Because the songs feel very, not piecemeal, but very pieced together. Yeah, I think, you know, the band has been evolving since day one. And I think we're all just really invigorated with where we're going because it's the sound has continued to get better in my opinion um for you i'm not sure which um which record you had a chance to kind of listen into but the first um the very first ep that we released um i guess would be june of 2015 was it katie Um, i think so was uh the so it's it's just called so here it's an lp of eight tracks and those songs were really songs that i had written as a just a solo artist that i brought to the group when we first met it was just the four of us so keyboards guitar trumpet and mandolin and uh four vocals and you know it was kind of a piecemeal of these are some songs let's see what we can do with them (laughs) and i think and i think that they they brought on like a really cool you know unique sound because we all kind of brought different things to the table as you've noted and they you know they they came into the songs that they are and that we record and i think we're all very proud of you know our first recordings um you know since then as of a year ago uh or not even a year ago october of, of 17 we released um 
a five track um, EP where we added saxophone and drums for the very first time and really just started opening up this, this, this pocket. And all five of those songs were written after, you know, I had met Katie after I had met the other guys. And, um, you know, I had a better understanding of what Stella Roos was all about and what, what we were striving for, you know, and, and, uh, what we had fun playing. Um, but, um, since then, you know, <laughs> fast forward five months, we've added a, um, a drummer, a, a phenom- phenomenal drummer, um, and extremely talented bass player, um, to really fill out the ranks. So we, you know, we've grown from a four piece founding band called Stella Ruse to a seven piece band. Um, <clears throat> and I think, um, you know, we're all really encouraged when we get together, um, not only for shows, but for rehearsals, because there's always something new to go over. There's always something, something new to stretch our arms and kind of feel out. Um, so I really think this is just the beginning for us. And, um, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's, it's just a, a ton of fun. Um, you know, I think all of us, all of us deep down in our soul hope one day that we're able to do music full time. And, um, this, this summer, um, you know, fall tour coming up has almost, uh, what is it now? Like 18 dates, I think. Um, Some, something overwhelming like that, <laughs> and, you know, in and around the East coast. And, um, it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like a dream come true as we get started here because, um, you know, the music's all fresh, you know, we're all, we all have this real strong, you know, energy throughout, um, and having the bass and drums to kind of fill this backbone that, that, that makes the, you know, the, the root of the song really shine. Um, I think it's just kind of, it just opening up a whole new world to us. And, um, not that we were lacking anything before, um, you know, I, I, I used to kick a kick drum and, and play guitar, you know, not unlike uh, Mumford and Sons. Um, and Alex would, would, uh, accompany me on tambourine and, and Katie on shaker. Right. Um, I was going to, I was going to ask, so you guys have a very grassroots sound, which I actually, I love the sound. It's, it just sounds very organic. Like you mentioned before, when you listen to the tracks you guys make, you can see a progression and you can see it starting to fill out. You can see it starting to become your, as a, as a group, you guys are starting to understand how to communicate with each other much better. Um, you guys also did some videos in Pretzel Park representing the, the good hometown crowd right there. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about that. How was it to sing in Pretzel Park in midday, I guess? Was that like a Monday or was that like, it had to be a weekday, right? No, it, it was actually a weekend because I'm pretty sure that we... Were you guys had, by um, the dog park? <laughs> we, we were by the dog park. <laughs> We had played at um, maybe like the street food fest or something that morning. Isn't that right, Brent? And then we just ran right up to Pretzel Park to do that. Yeah, I think it was the afternoon of one of our street food, the street the street fest, the uh, or the food vendors come onto Main Street. And was that just one round, one take? Yeah, it was just one take. I think we did. Uh, I think we did four songs, and all four can be found on on YouTube. Uh, just search Stella Ruse. Yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty impressive for just one one take after you've been doing a street <laughs> festival the whole time, which I'm sure involved a little bit of alcohol at some point. Brendan, on the dive bar scene, you're there kind of trying to uh, just survive, right? And I'm sure you're doing a lot of covers, right, for Friday night, Gillicuddy's. Is that what we're looking yeah, at? Yeah, sure, so, yeah. 
so what did you learn about, I guess, the audience or how people reacted? What, what's the takeaway that you got from playing those nights? Well, I think um, I think every night was a little bit different. I don't think any night was, uh, you know, there was a formula. I'd, I'd go in with a set list of, of you know, particular cover and a particular original songs that I was going to play, but based on, you know, who was sitting, you know, in the immediate seats in front of me, you know, I'd, I'd alter what I was playing. Um, <clears throat> I think the takeaway on the dive bar scene is that, um, you know, there could be more live music, really. Um, <laughs> We we uh, we were lucky to find a you know a niche market in in Manioc where McGillicuddy's is always offering live music and um, you know I think we we gained a lot of traction a lot of fans you know through starting to play there really um, because we'd have people coming back each each time we played there every every two weeks or whatever we'd have we sort of started a repetitive customers and they'd come to see us play so I think. You know, and that was special for me because a lot of uh, a lot of my my buddies live in Manioc still, and they they come down and it's kind of a reunion of a sort. Um, well, it's so been- I, th- I, th- I think the takeaway is that you know I hope that I hope that there's more live music in the future because a lot of bars are you know leading towards more um, you know iPod Shuffle, um, Pandora, or, or DJ stuff, um, which yeah. which also has a place you know, in, in, in everything, but, uh, and I'll tell you, know, you nothing, nothing feels better. Um, when, when you're play, sometimes when you play to a bar, you know, there's drunk people drinking heavily and a lot going on. So you kind of just feel like you're back there and every once in a while you're kind of like, you know, are, are people listening, you know? And so no, nothing feels better than if you like, you know, you get down and take a little break and someone who you have no idea who they are, no sort of personal connection to, and they come up and say something and it's just like, it's it's just nice to see. It's really nice when people appreciate and, and and people do. And I think that's something that you don't realize. Like even if it's such a crowded space and it's loud in there, people are people are tuning in and they're they're appreciating that there's actually live music happening where they're at. Yeah, that that's a really good point. I find that a lot of places are. We actually have. So I don't know how much you know about Round Guys. We have two facilities. We have our underground space, which is strictly event space. That's where you guys will be playing at. And then we have the actual pub. And we found it's really hard to accommodate people when we have live music. People are, they're hot or cold. Some people love it. Personally, I love really? it. There's, when I used to live in the Poconos, a place called Floods, and they used to have a cover band in there every Tuesday night. And it was just, a, you know, two guitars. That's it. And they were phenomenal. And, you know, it's the same thing Brendan's talking about here, where if, you know, you see the person grow as a musician because you're in there, all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and you start being like, wow, I know how this musician plays. I enjoy what they're doing. I'd love to hear their solo stuff. You start, you, you start paying attention to that. I also mm-hmm. see though, I think, and I don't know if it's generational. I don't know if it's the way we are now with, you know, having so many things at our fingertips. Uh, for some people, it's, it, it comes off like a nuisance, I think. And I, this is a, this is a good topic to talk about because personally, I would like to see live music the same way you guys would. I think maybe there's a um, opportunity here that if someone can figure it out, how to actually <laughs> uh, to make live music part of that night out again, you know? Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a really good point. My dad actually came to see one of our shows at uh, McGillicuddy's and also commented on, you know, that exact topic. And, you know, basically that, you know, back in the day, 
you know, and, and really when I say back in the day, I mean back in my, my father's day, you know, in, in the 70s, you know, you, you, you either had a, a record player um, or access to radio to play music. Otherwise, you know, you had to have a guitar or, or something live. And, it, you know, it was special because there was less access to music. And nowadays, you know, you have, you have music on your cell phones, you have music on your iPods, you have music on your CD player, you have music on your, your Sirius, you know, your podcast, whatever it may be. So it's, it's kind of all over the place. It's almost like the market was flooded. Do you, think that, do you think that market saturation makes people more focused on just their narrow band of sound they want to hear? Um, yeah, I think, I think that control control of what they hear is really the underlying uh topic because you know i know a lot of players even even like myself that listens to a plethora of different bands and sounds um but it's it's listening to what you want and now that <laughs> makes you know live music more of an interesting um you know more of more of a more of a sort of a topic of discussion, I guess, if you will. Right. Yeah. Katie, you have anything to add on that? You good? Yeah. Um, so I, I also think um, a, a big thing, like when I go see live music, I think there's a really easy pocket for musicians to fall into where they play the same type of songs. So like you could go into three different bars and the guy sitting up there playing cover songs is playing the same, like all kind of like very similar. And so I think... Um, you know, from, from a musician standpoint, it's like, I think it's great when you go and you see someone doing something a little different or, you know, covering a song that you wouldn't picture a folky type of group or single, you know, single musician to be doing just to keep it, keep people on their toes a little bit. And I think that, like, I think you get a good reaction from an audience when you do stuff like that. So I'm always a big, um, a big fan of that, that realm, just trying to, you know, if you're, if you're going to, you know, be trying to make it out there and hope people are listening, you it's it's important to uh, you know, and, and to challenge yourself too, so you're not just playing the same standard cover songs that every other musician's playing. You know. Yeah, I, I get you on that. The uh, you guys, your, your sound, the sound of Stella Rouge reminds me a lot. When I was a kid, I used to uh, every now and then hit coffee shops. And uh, Mia Johnson, I don't know if you knew, she's she used to be kind of like a, a regular in the Philadelphia area, doing different shows, odd shows around. Uh, very organic though, very much you know either guitar and random drum or a uh you mm-hmm. know just random instruments a random collection making a a just a a homegrown sound and mm-hmm. i think it's, it probably is a little easier for a sound like you who do you have to it's kind of a, a niche but an open niche it's not say a you're not putting yourself in a bin that says you know here's the uh the punk act for tonight and if they don't play a certain way then uh, they're they're just nothing legit, you know. You guys, uh, you guys have the open opportunity based on your influences, based on the character of the band, the individuals in the band. Um, I think to to really stretch it out, and you know your experiences just working the the bar scene. I mean that's that's huge right there. So I want to give you guys a second to plug yourselves. Oh, uh, great! Yes, so we're playing at um, the brewery on June fifteenth. Um, it's a $5 cover charge, and um, you can find Stella Ruse on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Pandora, um, any other streaming device you use, we're on there. 
And um, Katie, you want to comment on kind of our style or our genre? Yeah, um, sure. So we're you know we're all kind of homegrown around here. The we're a little pop, pop folk, funk. Got a little bit of every kind of a little bit to offer for every for every genre of music you could you could enjoy. And we've got um, we try to stay pretty active on social media stuff just to let people know where we're playing. And um, you know we try to get shots of our of our fans. What you know even while we're playing, which is always kind of fun to see get pictures of you guys out there in the audience. <laughs> All right, Katie, Brennan, <laughs> I have a, a series of questions to ask you guys, and you guys can answer them any way you want. You don't have to stay within my rules. These are, they can be challenging questions. They can be really easy questions. Um, it's up to you. All right, so here we go. All right. Are you prepared? Is this a you competition? Ready? Well, it's a, it can be. We can make it a competition. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Katie, you set? You ready? Yep, ready. All right, let's do this. Okay, so... Since we're talking about dive bars, what is the most gnarly experience you ever had at a dive bar? Ooh. Oh, we man. All, we I, all have this. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, a guy spilled his drink, and so I, uh, I went to help him because I felt bad, and I was like, oh, let me help you pick it up. And in the process of doing that, he ended up spilling another beer completely all over me. Oh, jeez. Like my, over my head. Over my oh, man. <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. <laughs> So, Katie, you might need Brennan's help for this one. Uh, in, <laughs> in 1796, a ship sunk carrying goods from Calcutta, India, to Port Jackson, New South Wales. That's nearby Australia. Uh, so, brewers in Australia recently recreated this beer that was in the vessel itself with the yeast mm-hmm. that was in the vessel. They found the, the bottles and they were able to take it out. The yeast is known to give out a cider quality so cider like quality so what was the name of that ship was it the asuka 2 the sydney cove or the indian princess I, i'm gonna go with a <laughs> all right can you guys hear can you guys hear me now brendan i can hear you it's like verizon over here man I, I i would like to phone a friend <laughs> brendan can <laughs> i uh I would honestly, I would love to hear just the beginning of the question again for context. <laughs> you got it, dude. Um, okay. So in 1796, a ship sunk carrying goods from Calcutta, India to Port Jackson, New South Wales. Brewers in Australia recently recreated the beer, which was bottled up. They found it. They opened it up. They, they took that yeast that's known to give off cider qualities, and they made a beer with it. Uh, what was the name of that ship? Was the Asuka 2, the Sydney Cove, or the Indian Princess? Well, India to, to Wales, said South Wales. Which is, yeah, Australia. Right. right. Would lead me to, to side with C, which was Sydney, right? The yeah, C Sydney, was Indian Princess. The oh, Sydney. Sorry. B, B was Sydney and, and C was Indian Princess. Correct. Um, and Katie, you think it's A? Sure. What? I think she What's she phoned a? a friend, Brandon. Oh, she phoned a friend. <laughs> she phoned you. All right, let's go with. Um, 
because it's coming from India, let's go with C. The All Indian right. Princess. So, Brendan, you were so close, man. You were so close on that one. I thought you were going to get it. Uh, but no, you guys, I think, lost all your points in that round. So, oh, <laughs> the It is the Sydney Cove was the name of the Ah, uh, so it was B. Oh, yep. man. Okay. All right. Number three. This is kind of a hard one, too, but you guys can survive. You guys are smart. <laughs> what one of these animals doesn't have a beak? Octopus? A Tataris? Or an anteater? Mm. What's the second one? A Tataris. It's a lizard. A Tataris is a lizard. Yep. <laughs> well, an anteater. They I have feel like that like, long thing. Yeah, which may be. An octopus which may be considered sort of a beak in some dictionaries, maybe. <laughs> um, and an octopus. Do they have something that they eat out of? Yeah, they have the. Uh... <laughs> is Brendan on the subway? <laughs> as as they describe an octopus as a beak, though, that's a that's a stretch. So are you gonna um, go with the one that the, the well, one I, we I made, lizard? I made a guess on the last one and lost, Katie. So I think I gotta hand this one to you. Ooh! Oh snap! I guess I'll go with the the lizard guy. All right. Well, I hope this isn't a sign of how the band plays in real life. <laughs> <laughs> So, that wrong too. <laughs> an octopus actually has a beak. It has one of those double beaks, like right at its mouth. It has a little what? Like, That's beak wild. Thing. Yeah, I didn't know that but either. See, the one thing about our band is that we're always open to learning new things. And that's why I'm so. helping you out. You guys can make a whole song about beaks now. This is going to be great. I can't wait for it. I'm looking forward to hearing this song. Uh, I, knew, I knew the anteater had a beak. I knew it. So the anteater actually does not have a beak. I, it's the Tataris that does, and it's what the actual structure of the jaw is its beak. So, wow. So you guys are learning everything today. Look at we this. We really Take are. Takeaways. I give you guys something back in return for coming on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate that. All right. You're going to have two more questions, and then I swear to God you'll be done. All right. <laughs> so what was the predecessor band to Alex Ebert's Edward Sharp and Magnetic Zero's band? Ooh, is that Margo and the Nuclear Sosas? Okay, I was going to give you options, but uh, that's, oh. that's not it. <laughs> Wait, no, give me options, because I think I know this if you give me options. <laughs> is it Fool's Gold, Okay. I'm a Robot, or Sugar Cult? Oh, snap. My fiance is going to kill me, because he would be good at all of these questions. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, any any ideas? Hmm, can we phone a friend? I know. <laughs> I guess, I don't Fool's know. Fool's Gold. We'll- I'm a robot or sugar cult. I feel like it's either B or C. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's C. Let's go with C. Finally, Let's do it. So I'm a robot is the correct answer. <laughs> and if you think about it, Alex Ebert is kind of a he's kind of a weird dude, right? So it's yeah. only fitting that he would have had a band I'm a robot, all right? I'm just saying. Just like title wise, come on. It's like makes sense. All right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. All right. Last question, guys. And thank you for playing this far. It's it's, uh, it's been a fun one. I like this. Uh, <laughs> if you could play at any one venue in the world, where would you guys want to play? Oh, I think it'd be awesome to play at Good Red Good question. Rocks. Yep. I was going to say Red Rocks or the Gorge Amphitheater. You guys been out to the Gorge? No. Never been there? I haven't. Oh, man. I haven't been. I've You guys been out to the Red Rocks? 
No. I have been to Red Rocks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I've been there. Uh, I've been there three times. I've never seen a band there, but I've been there to yeah. play myself. Uh, right. Yeah. I've been in a bleachers, imagining that there was a band at Red Rocks. <laughs> uh, I've been to the Gorge, and it's a phenomenal venue. So I, yeah, highly recommend you, that. I like that question, though. It's a great question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's something for you guys to look forward to in two years. You know, trying to help you. <laughs> Sorry, exactly. path here. So, uh, Brendan, Katie, thanks so much for chatting with me. Okay, yes. So we are Stella Ruse from Philadelphia. We are playing at June June fifteenth at Round Guys Brewery. Um, it's just a five dollar cover charge, and you can find um, our LP and EP on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, and YouTube. So Stella Ruse, Stella like the beer. R is uh, Ruse is R U Z E. Please check us out. Just right 